Welcome to Glory Stories with Dr. Elizabeth Vaughn. Dr. Vaughn was one of the top eye surgeons in America and has traveled to many countries in the world preaching the word of God. She also opened up an eye surgery center in Beijing, China, where she did free eye surgery on those in need. Dr. Vaughn will be sharing many of her personal experiences from God. In addition, you will hear of others that have known God in an intimate way and seen His miracle working power. As you hear about how God has worked in the lives of others, our hope is that you will be changed forever. Get ready for God to heal you, deliver you, and transform your life as you sit back and enjoy these glory stories. Welcome to Glory Stories. I'm going to share something very personal with you today. I'm going to share about the baptism with the Holy Spirit. One of my grandfathers was a medical doctor, and the other grandfather was a Methodist minister. So my mother's father was the Methodist minister. So my mother took me to church every time the doors opened to the Methodist church, and it was a good church. I feel like I had a lot of uh, solid grounding in the things of God because my mother was a godly woman. My grandparents were godly people. My father was a good man. I, I mean, I was very blessed. But so I went to church as a youth, you know, all the time. I was the head of the Methodist Youth Fellowship, and, and, and I did everything that a, a young person could do in the Methodist church. And, of course, I, I knew many things about the Bible. I read the Bible myself on my own as well as having it read to me as a child by my mother and my grandmother. So when I, when I grew up and I went off to college, I continued going to church regularly. Then when I went to medical school, you know, a lot of the times I'd be working in the hospital on the weekends and I couldn't go to church, but when I could go to church, I would go to church. And then when I finished all my medical training, then I started my own practice of ophthalmology. I'm, a, I'm an eye surgeon. And when I was about, oh, two or three years in my own solo practice, a patient came in one day, and he was with Campus Crusade for Christ. And he asked me if I would help support him. They have to come up with their own financial support. So I said, yes, I'd be glad to help support him. And I started sending uh, some money to him each month. And as a result of that, I started getting some literature from Campus Crusade for Christ. Uh, one of the things I got was an invitation to come to a lake not too far from where I lived, and it was a spiritual enrichment seminar is what it said. So I thought, well, you know, I, I could use that. So I signed up and I went to this seminar. Well, one of the people at that seminar was a, an industrialist from Chicago who was not a minister. He was just an ordinary person that owned a warehouse, and he told this story about how his warehouse business was doing very, very well, and he always tithed from his warehouse business, and he decided that he would go, he wanted to spend more time in the ministry, so he sold the warehouse business to a group of men that bought it. And they didn't tithe at all, they weren't really into the things of God, but you know, they, they started off with a very good warehouse business. But with time, they started losing people that were using their, their warehouse, like a motorcycle company took their motorcycles out of the warehouse to put it in another warehouse. And people started leaving the warehouse, and they started getting in a lot of financial difficulty. So they called this man who had had a very lucrative business, 
and they said, our business is really bad. We're on the verge of bankruptcy. We've done everything we can think to do, and it's, it's really a, a, a do-or-die situation for us right now. We don't know what else to do. Do you have any advice? So he said, well, are you tithing from your business? They said, well, no, we, we really don't know. We don't even know about that, really. He said, I, my only suggestion to you is for you to get on your knees, make Jesus the Lord of your life, and start serving him with your tithe. Tithe means the first 10% of your income. Well, you know, if you don't have enough money in the first place, and somebody tells you to give away their first 10%, it sounds a little bizarre. But the fact is that if you obey God and you do give him the first 10%, that makes him responsible for the remaining 90% as long as you're a good steward over things. And so they were so desperate they would do anything anybody said. So they started tithing and they gave their lives to the Lord. And slowly but surely, the business started coming back. The motorcycle company moved their motorcycles back into that warehouse, and they started flourishing. Well, I don't know, but I had always heard evangelists and pastors preach. I had never seen a layperson that was just a business person, like, like an ordinary person like I was, like you are. I'd never heard someone like that speak about God being so involved in their personal lives and it really influenced my, my life and my thinking. And I started getting literature then, more literature from Campus Crusade for Christ. And I would read it diligently. I was absorbing it just like a sponge that was dry. I, I really, it was, and they had these nine transferable concepts, little bitty booklets. Each one of them was a transferable concept. And so I would read those. I would absorb those. I would try to apply them to my life. Well, one of those nine transferable concepts was about of being filled with the Holy Spirit. Well, I hate to admit it, but I really didn't know anything about the Holy Spirit. I really didn't. I knew we said in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. That's about all that I knew. I can't, I'm not going to blame anybody else for my ignorance. I'll blame myself, but I just flat didn't know anything about it. So I read this booklet, and it said in the booklet that uh, it, it quoted Luke 11:13, where Jesus is speaking, and he said, if if a son asks a father for bread, he won't give him a stone. And if he asks him for an egg, he won't give him a scorpion. He said, if you being evil know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will the heavenly father give the Holy Spirit to whoever asks? So if you're a child of God, which I knew I was a child of God, if you're, that means you're saved, you're born again. And I was. So I knew I was a child of God, and I knew then from that scripture they quoted that if I ask the Lord to be filled with the Spirit, that's the way the book had called it, being filled with the Spirit. If I asked to be filled with the Spirit, that, that I would be. And so I asked, I knelt in my living room by myself. I didn't know anybody in the whole world that was filled with the Holy Spirit. But I knelt in my living room because I wanted everything God had. I, I mean, I wanted everything God had. And if this was a good thing, then I wanted it. And so I knelt in my living room. And I asked the Lord to give me the Holy Spirit, to fill me with the Holy Spirit. And I said, thank you very much. And in Jesus' name, and I got up. I, there were no lightning bolts, no angels flew around and sang hallelujah, nothing, nothing, nothing like that. But I tell you what, my life changed. My life changed. 
I, I, I really was set on fire by God, and I wanted everything of God. I got my friends together who really, some of them didn't really care much about God at all, but I got them together. I said, look at these nine transferable concepts. Let's go through these. Let's have a little study group, and we'll go through these, because I was so excited about God. I was so excited. And, and so I, I saw the results of being filled with the Holy Spirit, even though I didn't know much about it. Now, when I decided, when I made a very conscious decision to give my life to Jesus Christ, I, I was an adult, and it was, you know, this same, in the same time, I decided to give my life to Jesus Christ in a very serious way and put him first. I knew the Bible said, Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added unto you. And so I had done that. I had saw, I, I had give my life to him. I told him, I said, Lord, you know, I kind of messed up in some things already, but whatever's left in my life, I give it to you. You can use it any way you want. And he took me up on that and he's used it in amazing ways. But uh, when I made the decision, I thought to myself, you know, I have to put teeth to this decision. I have to do something that, that indicates to him that I'm really seeking him with my whole heart. And so I decided he honors his word above his name, and so I would seek him by reading the word of God. I would show him that I was serious about this. So I start setting my alarm earlier every morning. I'd set it 30 minutes earlier. I'd get up and I'd read, read the word of God, and it, it was so interesting to me. It, it had never been that interesting before, but it was so interesting. I hated for my 30 minutes to be up, so I start setting my alarm for an hour early. And then I would be so excited about it. If I didn't understand something, I'd cross-reference it because I had a Bible that had cross-references. And I'd ask the Lord to show me what it was talking about. I learned that the Holy Spirit is our teacher and he'll lead us into all truth. So the Holy Spirit was being my teacher. I didn't have any other teacher. He was my teacher. And so I start setting my alarm earlier and earlier till I was just about going to bed at the same time I was waking up. I was so excited about the Word of God. And this went on for, for quite a long time, for two or three years. It went on every day, every day. I, and I was piling the Word of God into my, into my spirit, into me, and it was changing me. And I was learning things that I didn't know about before. And I started learning about, about being baptized with the Holy Spirit. I learned what Jesus said about it and, and how it affected Jesus' life. And I read this, I'm going to share some scripture with you that I learned when I started seeking my, on my own. The first thing I'm going to share with you is out of the book of Luke. And you can get your Bibles if you like. I'm going to be reading to you out of Luke because these are the last words of Jesus Christ that he spoke on the earth in the book of Luke. It's Luke, the 24th chapter. And I'm going to start reading at the 46th verse. And he said, yes, it was written long ago. I'm reading out of the New Living Translation. It was written long ago that the Messiah, or Christ, must suffer and die and rise again from the dead on the third day. Now, he's speaking of himself. Jesus was, is the Christ, is the Messiah, and that's what he had done. He had come, he had suffered, he had died, and he rose again on the third day. And then he goes on to say, with my authority, take this message of repentance to all the nations. How many? To all the nations. Beginning in Jerusalem. He says, there's forgiveness of sins for all who turn to me. 
and you're a witness of all these things. But then he goes on to say this, and now I will send the Holy Spirit just as my father promised, but stay here in the city until the Holy Spirit comes and fills you with power from heaven. So that tells us that the Holy Spirit, that God the Father promised the Holy Spirit, and, and it tells us that that's the source of our power from God is from the Holy Spirit because he says to ter stay here in the city until the Holy Spirit comes and fills you with power from heaven. So it's the Holy Spirit that fills us with power from heaven, from God. The Holy Spirit is like our power pack from God. And it's telling us furthermore that he doesn't, that Jesus doesn't want those disciples to go anywhere. Eventually he wants them to go to all the world and preach the gospel. But initially right now at this point in time, he doesn't want them to go anywhere. He wants them to go to Jerusalem and stay there until they've received the Holy Spirit, which is the power pack. In other words, they don't have the power to do the things God wants them to do until they've received the Holy Spirit. So then you go over to the first chapter of Acts, and, and Jesus is talking again. I'm, I'm still reading out the New Living Translation. This is Acts 1, verse 4. He says, Do not leave Jerusalem until the Father sends you what he's promised. Remember, I've told you about this before. John baptized with water, but in just a few days, you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. So we learn, we learn the terminology Jesus used, which is being baptized with the Holy Spirit. And he's telling them here again, don't leave Jerusalem. Don't go out and try to preach the gospel until after you've received the baptism with the Holy Spirit because that's the power of God. Then we go down to the eighth verse and says, but when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, you will receive power and will tell people about me everywhere in Jerusalem, throughout Judea, in Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. So he says, when you have received power, then you will tell people about me to the ends of the earth. So he's told them just to tarry there and wait. Well, if you go to the second chapter, which I'm not going to read all of this to you, but you can do it on your own. In the second chapter of Acts, the day of Pentecost came. And that was the day that the Holy Spirit was poured out on 120 people that were waiting and tarrying for the, for the baptism in the Holy Spirit. They were waiting on this. They didn't know when it was going to happen, but they knew they had to stay there until they got that power from God. So on that day of Pentecost, the power of God fell in that room and 120 people were baptized with the Holy Spirit. Now, the first thing that happened is they all start speaking with unknown tongues. It's called unknown tongues because the person speaking it doesn't know what they're saying. They're speaking in a tongue that's unknown to them because it's the Holy Spirit in them speaking in a language that they do not know. Well, uh, they were making racket because they all began speaking in unknown tongues. So people start gathering all around. Uh, it's, it's a high feast day in the Jewish religion. It's a Pentecost. People were there from all over the known world that were Jewish people. They gathered around and they start, they, they say, what's the matter with these people? Are they drunk with wine so early in the morning? It's nine o'clock in the morning. What, why, what's the matter with these people? And so they don't understand. But there's one man, let's say from... Uh, 
Cyprus, and he, he hears someone in the 120, they're speaking in tongues. They don't understand what you're saying, but they're speaking in a native language of the men from Cyprus. So the men from Cyprus understands what they're saying in that tongue. And they're giving glory and praise to God is what they're doing. Maybe there's another person from Ethiopia and they hear someone out of the 120 speaking in unknown tongues and they're speaking in the Ethiopian language. So the Ethiopian person understands what they're saying perfectly, even though the person speaking it doesn't understand it. So a crowd, the whole crowd is gathered and they don't understand. These people are speaking all, everybody's speaking different languages. And, and so somebody needs to explain, well, Here's a beautiful example of what the Holy Spirit does to a person. Here's Peter. You remember Peter in the Bible. He, he told Jesus, he said, I will, I will stay to you to the death. I will stay by you. If I have to die, I will die with you. And he was a big burly fisherman. And, and he meant with all of his heart what he was saying. He was going to try with every fiber of his being to stand with Jesus and if necessary to die with Jesus. And the disciples all said the same thing. We'll die with you. We'll die for you too. But what happened? What happened? What really happened? When the authorities came and took Jesus away, the one that had the most, that followed him the closest was Peter. The rest of them went some other place. Peter kind of followed along, you know, behind him, not in the, in the background, not to be seen. And a little maid kind of a girl comes and said, weren't you with Jesus? No, 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 I, I, I wasn't with Jesus. Another one comes, weren't, but I think I saw you with you. No, 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 not me. You didn't see me with Jesus. Finally, the third one says something, and he, and he starts cursing and using his usual fisherman language, saying, I did not. No, I did not. And he says some curse words. And about that time, the cock crowed, and Jesus had told him, he said, you're going to deny me three times before the cock crows. The cock crowed, and he had just denied Jesus three times. So I'm showing you that in all of his human strength, he was trying to serve Jesus and stay with Jesus, but he was not strong enough. He couldn't do it. He didn't have the power. Okay, now, shift gears to Pentecost. Shift gears to the second chapter of Acts where we were a minute ago. All of them, 120, had been baptized with the Holy Ghost, just like Jesus said they would. They were all speaking with tongues. All of this huge crowd was all around them. Now, who's going to explain? Peter, the man who denied Christ three times. Fifty days before, he denied Christ three times. Now, this is 50 days later. He has the same hair, the same teeth, the same eyes, the same body. But he was a different man now because he was filled with the power of God. And he stood up in the midst of this vast crowd and he says, he explained who Jesus was. He was the Messiah. He was crucified. You're the ones that crucified this Jesus who came to save you. And they all felt so bad. Uh, and, you know, he wasn't afraid. Peter wasn't afraid to speak to those people in that bold manner. He didn't, he didn't care. He was going to say the truth because he was filled with the power of God. He was filled with the Holy Ghost. And so he was, what he said had such a convicting power on these people that 3,000 people got saved that day because of what Peter said. So if you've never understood the function, the purpose of the Holy Spirit until right now, that's an example for you. That's an example of the difference that he makes in your life. That's the difference he made in Peter's life and in the life of all the other apostles. That's the difference he made in my life too. Because before I was baptized with the Holy Ghost, 
I, I tried to go out and witness to people. I didn't even know what to say. I, I mean, they told us, write out your testimony, what you're going to say. I, I didn't know what to, I had nothing to say. After I got baptized with the Holy Ghost, man, that's all I want to talk about is Jesus. That's why I'm talking to you right now. That's all I want to talk about. He's everything to me. And I, I hope he becomes everything to you too. But you need to have the power of God for this to happen in your life. So if you're a child of God, if you're a child of God, all you have to do is ask. That's what Jesus said. If you're a son of God and you ask of the Father to be baptized with the Holy Ghost, he will give this to you. He will give it to you. So I think of it like this. I think that there's two gifts from God. The first gift is the gift of his son, Jesus Christ, that died for our sins, that we could be saved, that we could have eternal life with God in heaven. That's the first gift. The second gift is the gift of the Holy Spirit, which is the power pack that we need to be witnesses. King James says, and ye shall receive power after that the Holy Ghost has come upon you, and you shall be my witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and the uttermost parts of the earth. So he tells us the Holy Ghost is the power to be a witness, to be a witness. So if you want the power of God, the second gift in your life, all you have to do is ask if you're a child of God. If you're not a child of God, ask him to forgive you and become a child of God. And then ask for the, whole, for the baptism in the Holy Spirit. It's a free gift. I can't understand why every human being that loves Jesus would hesitate for one second to be asked to be baptized in the Holy Ghost. Because we want to be, we want to be overcomers. We want to have the power of God in our lives. It's like... Suppose that you bought a brand new car and it was beautiful on the outside. It had a beautiful paint job and it had a lot of fancy wheels and it had beautiful, all the amenities on the inside of the vehicle and everything. But you know, the only thing it didn't have was the motor. Would you like that car? It didn't have any power, just looked good. Would you, would you like that car? Would you like to drive that? Of course not. You want, the mo you want the power. You want the power. Well, if you want to be a witness for God, it, it, you can't be much of a witness just looking good. You have to have the power to be a witness, which is the Holy Spirit. So I encourage you right now today to ask God for this gift, just like I did. I knelt in my living room, like I told you, and I asked for the gift, and he gave it to me. Now, I want to share something else with you that's extremely important. Let's think about Jesus himself for a few minutes here. Jesus was born of a virgin. We know that from the Bible. It was prophesied thousands, hundreds of years before that he would be born of a virgin, and he was. And, the, and it explains to us that the Spirit of God, the Holy Spirit, overshadowed Mary the mother of Christ, overshadowed her, and she became pregnant with child. So the, the, the Holy Spirit was the one that, that enabled her to be pregnant and give birth with Jesus. So God, the Father, through God the Holy Spirit, was the Father of Jesus Christ. So actually when he was born, he was literally born of the Spirit because the Spirit is the one who had made Mary pregnant. But So he was a wonderful man. He was a godly man, young man, child, young man. He didn't sin at all. And we, we learned that when he was 30 years old, he went to the River Jordan, 
and he wanted to be baptized in water by John the Baptist. And until that time, all those first 30 years, he never did any miracles. He was a wonderful person, but he never did any signs, no wonders, no miracles, no miraculous feats were done in the life of Christ when he was under 30 years of age. But when he was baptized in water and he came up out of the water, the Holy Spirit, we're talking about the Holy Spirit, descended on Jesus as a dove and remained on him and filled him if you will, baptized him with the Holy Ghost, just like we're talking about having done to us today. He was filled with the Holy Ghost at that point in time. The Bible tells us so. And it says that, that the Father spoke from heaven and he says, this is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. So he was pleased with him as a man up until 30 years of age. But now he was, he, he was going to put this power pack into Jesus that he, that, he, that he needed to be a real witness for God. So you, we can go here. I want to go with you to Luke, the third chapter, for just a minute and show you about Jesus. Okay, this is Luke, the third chapter. Now, when all the people were baptized, they're talking about John the Baptist now, it came to pass that Jesus also being baptized and praying, the heaven opened and the Holy Ghost descended in a bodily shape like a dove upon him. And a voice came from heaven and said, You're my beloved son in whom I'm well pleased. That's what I just told you about. But I'm proving to you from the word of God that it was at this point when the Holy Ghost descended on him as a dove that he was filled with the Holy Spirit. Now go to the next chapter, chapter 4 of Luke. See what change it made in his life immediately by being filled with the Holy Spirit. Okay, chapter 4, first verse. And this is in the New Living Translation. Then Jesus, full of the Holy Ghost, left the Jordan River, and he was led by the Spirit to go into the wilderness. So it tells us very clearly here, he was now full of the Holy Ghost, and secondly, he was being led of the Spirit. Okay, go on, a few more verses here. 14th verse, and Jesus returned to Galilee after he was tempted of the devil, and he was filled with the Spirit's, with the Holy Spirit's power. He was filled with the Holy Spirit's power. That was the secret of the, not the secret, that's the, that's the, that's the reason that he had power in his life was from the Holy Spirit. And then it goes on and he goes into the synagogue and he stands up in the synagogue and he, and he reads, he reads out of Isaiah 61 and, and where the, the word of God says, and the Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to preach and to heal, and he goes on. But the point is, the Spirit of the Lord God is upon me. That's what Jesus said. So here, over and over and over again, he's showing us that it was the Holy Spirit in the life of Jesus that enabled him to turn the water into wine, that enabled him to heal the sick. It was, in, in one point, you know, he says, if I cast out demons by the Spirit of God then the kingdom of God has come unto you. Did you hear that? By the Spirit of God. It was the Holy Spirit, the Spirit of God in Jesus Christ that enabled him to cast out demons. It was the Holy Spirit, the power of the Holy Spirit that enabled Jesus 
to heal those people that you read about in the Word of God. It was the power of the Holy Spirit. Without the power of the Holy Spirit, he was a wonderful man. We just saw, we just saw that. It was only after he was filled with the Holy Spirit, baptized with the Holy Spirit, that, he had, that Jesus had the power. He wouldn't have had the power of God without being filled by the Holy Spirit of God. I hope you see that clearly. If, if Jesus had to have that to be a witness for God the Father, then how much more do you and I need that, critically need that, to be a powerful witness for God? We need it worse than Jesus. Well, he needed it too, but we need it too. So I hope this is crystal clear to you. If you've had the first gift, which is salvation, then it's time for you to ask God for the second free gift that's yours. You can have it for the asking. Just simply ask him, Father, I ask you to baptize me in the Holy Spirit in the name of Jesus. He will be so happy to gift you with this. It'll totally change your life. It'll make you a witness, and you'll be on fire from now on. We hope that you enjoyed these stories of the glory of God. We believe that each story we tell will help build your faith and help to bring a miracle into your life. For more information about this program and Dr. Elizabeth Vaughn, visit her website at godsinstrument.com, her YouTube channel at Glory Stories Now, or write her at Elizabeth Vaughn Ministries Incorporated, P.O. Box 454, Argyle, Texas 76.